Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the matchup zone here in Blog Talks Radio on Blog Talk Radio in Phone Pack Studios. Sorry, we're a little flustered. The Eagles just went down twenty-four to twenty on a bomb over the top, the one play that you think you would stop uh, the most. So we pushed back the show a little bit because you know the Eagles game was on, and they finally go up twenty twenty to seventeen. You think it's in the bag, and Give up a long throw over the top. I just feel like, how do you keep, not keep a team in front of you, Mike? I have no idea. I have no idea what just happened. A man, I, of, a man of few words. Yeah, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm just absolutely. Stunned. I have no idea how, how, how you let a guy get over the top there. Like you said, it's the, it's the one thing you have to defend against. And Carson Palmer gets over. Carrie Williams gets burned again. He sucks. He sucks. I swear to God, he does. So bad. Mike, telling it like it is. So uh, and, and, and Foles, like I have no confidence in Foles. I mean, Foles just, you know what though? Huff Huff fumbles on the one yard line, scored a short scored a touchdown there. Foles throws an interception going in, should have scored a touchdown. The, the Eagles should have been up four, at minimum fourteen points in this game. Yeah. And you let a team hang around, and Carson Palmer beats you in the end. Foles with another interception, two interceptions today. Yeah, it's just, just you know. Kev, we talked about it a little bit before the show starts. Eagles are third and inches on, like, the one-yard line. Why are you in the shotgun? I have no idea why they're in the freaking shotgun. Yeah, you said that. Why are they in the shotgun? Like, put, the, put, them, put, put Nick Foles over center and, I don't know, maybe sneak the ball, just fall forward with his big head, and you get a, and you get a, first, you get a first down. If not, you could have got a first down without even getting a touchdown there. Well, now you're starting to just insult Nick Foles. Oh, good. You know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Shady McCoy dancing behind the line. You know, go, hey, Shady, you ever hear this? North and south. You, and you said it. He ran north and south at one time. And... Right, and then he for a gain of nine. Now, oh, I've, Jesus Christ. I have no, Where was I, that pass? I have no, Foles will throw an interception here. Because he's going to have to force one in down the middle, somewhere along the line. And maybe that maybe Arizona will be as foolish as us and just give up a long ball. How do you give up a long ball when you're up by three with a minute left, a minute twenty one left? You give up a long ball. You're just like, who, why are you not playing completely over the top? It's disheartening. It, it, is, it really is. It's it is just disheartening. Now, now you got Nick Foles has to go here, has to go eighty yards. How many timeouts, Kev? Oh God, horse collar. Yeah, throw the flag. So, so sorry, now, yeah, we're a little uh, caught. Yeah, we're we're all caught up right now. Now, Mike, what do you? Oh, flag. Is it the horse collar? I don't know. Or this guy loves to call the hands of the face. Yeah, he likes hands of the face. So uh, we're we're 
Oh boy. So yeah. Now, what do you do if Nick Foles drives here in the length of the field? And oh, uh, I mean, I've always had confidence in Nick Foles. I mean, I've said it from day one. I wouldn't rather have another quarterback. He's great arm, great reads. Um, no, I mean, look, if he go if he goes eighty yards, what's the call here, Kev? Can't see. Throw the personal foul. I don't know. We've we've it muted. It's against. Oh, it's the, against the Cardinals. Against the Cardinals. Throw the. Oh, maybe a late hit. No, no, they're, they're going they're horse. Call, they're calling horse collar. They are horse collaring. It's like it's almost a, as if they they te- it's some kind of technique well, that the, the Arizona hell, Cardinals the are teaching. What the hell was the call? Horse collar. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but they didn't move anywhere. Well, why not? Horse corral. Oh Jesus, Jesus Christ, Nick! Horsing around. So yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a foam call away. Eight 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 four nine eight two nine. Two eight, I believe that's right. Oh, four five eight two nine two eight. Integrated plan, Renee Shaw. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic fields, contact Renee two six nine seven six zero three eight five seven. And they're not getting out of bounds. And finally, Crossroads Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University, also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com two six seven four six zero five seven three seven. Yeah, this is uh this is a tough one to swallow, and it was funny because I'm sitting there, you know, Mike and I are setting up, we're getting everything ready, and Mike just looks at me, he's like, "Can you believe it?" And I look up, and I I could not. How do we can't hear anything, so we don't really know what's going on. But what what the hell happened? Like what happened? Harry uh, Williams got beat. Well, yeah, but like, did they they say he crossed the plane before his knee went down? I guess. Oh yeah, there was going to be a scoring play. Yeah, but you know what, Kev? That's almost better. Because you know why? At that point, the Eagles would have to let them score anyone in the first possession. Yeah. Because they're going to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Foles back. They're throw- I mean, even like his little out passes. Are <laughs> they're like, like over his head, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's At least they got out of bounds. Well, no. How much time does that take, Kev? 43 seconds. 43 seconds. So, I, the people who are listening now, <laughs> listening at home, on a Tuesday, are probably like, oh, it's going to suck for them in about 43 seconds. The Eagles are going to lose. But uh, the people listening live, maybe you're, uh, we're giving you a commentary on uh, I our... mean, we, dude, we can't be worse than Barber. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. What in the frick? Like, Kev, you have two 5-1 and one teams, and they throw... And they throw uh... They throw bar. I don't even know if it's Ronde or Tiki. I don't even know if it's Ronde or Tiki. Yeah, one of they the barbers. They throw him and they throw. Uh, I don't even know the other Dan, guy. Not Dan Pat. Who's the other guy? Dan. Uh, no. Dan uh, Theodore. No, the guy who does the baseball. Uh, what the hell is his name? Dan Marino. <laughs> no, I forget. I he sucks. Whoever it is. Dan from Fairfax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so welcome to the show uh, for the third time. Uh, I'm like so flustered right now. I don't know what to do. I'm just like I was like okay, the seven thirty. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus! Get out of bounds after the first down. Uh, so yeah, we're we're a little flustered here in in uh, foam studio, pack studio, yeah. studio watching this game because you, you figure seven thirty. We're like okay, you know the the game's going to be over by. I feel like every time the Eagles play this game started at four oh five. I feel like every time they yeah, play you know, a game, yeah. it's like takes forever on the West Coast. Oh, Jesus. Pittsburgh's up 51-34. Good Lord. I, I, Kev, I cannot I, – I have no idea what's going on in the NFL. I, I just – Pittsburgh sucks. They lose to Tampa Bay. It looks like they stink. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Throw a flag. Pittsburgh stinks. Fourth and two. Pittsburgh stinks. Mm-hmm. And they just – they're crushing the Colts. Like, I have no idea yeah. who's good, who's not. 
Well, I do know one thing. What? The Broncos are really good. Yeah, the Broncos are really good. I Their feel like that's, is great. that's the one you can you can kind of stake your claim to every single week, and they're not going to let you down. But like their you know, defense is really good. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. They don't really have many flaws. Uh, yeah, they look great. And the thing about them is they like to run up scores too. It's like it doesn't oh, matter. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're just they're yeah, just yeah, going yeah, for it know, every single play. But you know what? I hope Peyton wins the Super Bowl this year, so we could just put aside who the best quarterback of all time is. You are like the biggest flip flopper on this about? whole entire debate. I, I've never no, seen anyone no, play both no, sides. No, is Here, he, put on your helmet. No, is he is he the best quarterback of all time right now? No, no. He went to Super Bowl this year. I think I think you have to say yes. So two Super Bowls will give it to him. I think so. Two on two different teams. That will, that's like LeBron, two Super Bowls or two championships on two different teams. So, uh, big t- big show tonight. We got a special mystery guest for Mike. Uh, just for Mike. Just for Mike. And I do not know who it is. No, you have no, you have no have idea. No and idea I've, I've kept this a, a good yeah. secret. I've, I've, I've kept this very close to I my have, heart. I haven't even pestered you about you it. You haven't pestered me. But you keep on guessing, and it makes me nervous. So, I just like just, just right. stop listening to you when you do that. So, uh, yeah, we All have well, mystery here, guest. Here's the game, Kev, right here. Fourth and two. And they run the ball. Oh, Jesus. Was that a Foles keeper? Yeah. They have a timeout left, right? I can't see the friggin' TV. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, Good play. <laughs> who wins in a race? You or Foles? <laughs> or the Rocky statue? I think if you threw my phone and then I raced it, I'd like it. The phone would go farther than me. I'd yeah. like collapse halfway there. I'm, I don't know. The, the NFL just, it, it's so. I know, who would, the, I know it would run a race between myself and Larry Fitzgerald. Dude, we can move. Although on the although the uh, World Series is turning out to be pretty. Uh... The World Series is turning out to be really uh, really interesting. Uh, I just, I like the fact that it's such a close. You have small ball teams playing, and it's it's a close close World Series. Nothing's like nothing's decided yet. Now Kansas City oh, it's has over, a, it's over. You and you saying you're it's saying over. that, but now they're going back to Kansas City tonight, correct? I wish we knew the answers to these. No. Is it two three two? Is that what it is? Because this is game five. Game five. I have no idea where they are. So I think they're in Kansas City. I think City. they're in Kansas City, too. So, you know, you have Bumgarner. He did well, such yeah, a good... Well, Bum, yeah, but that's why. I think the Giants went tonight. Yeah. And I think they closed it out. Because I just think they're going to look back and the Royals are going to go, oh, oh, my God. I think they're going to look back and go, you know what? The Royals had their shot in game four. Yeah. Up two games to one, up four to one. Uh-huh. With that bullpen. And they could have really just put a stranglehold on the series. Kevin... They're on the 15 right here. I know. This is a little they're crazy. Have a, they're going to have a couple shots at the end zone right now. Now, you, you, I, I want you to start preparing yourself, uh, like, your, your concession speech to Nick Foles. Yeah, to Nick I, Foles. I got, I got to being prepared. a Nick Foles fan. I got it prepared. <laughs> I, got, I got it all. I got it's it all up there. It's all, it's, all, it's all prepared. This is crazy if they score here. Talk about Well, how much time? No, okay. Did that say 33 seconds or 13? 13 seconds. Oh, sh. 13 seconds? 13. Oh, God. Oh, he almost tipped it. Stay in bounds. Jordan Matthews could have just caught that. Uh, Tip it right back into him. It's over. This game's Honey over. Honey Badger. This game's over. Will you stop being so negative? It's you over. S- just keep saying that because every time you say that, oh, I my know. God, where was that pass to? I don't know. The, the I, cheerleader? <laughs> yeah. That ca- if, if he was going for that cameraman, it would have been phenomenal catch. Oh, my God. This is- so there's one more. Here's the last play from scrimmage, Kev. Yeah. Look at it. No, it's, by the way, it's at San Francisco, so it is two three two. So Bumgarner at San yeah. Francisco, I it's, feel it's, like it's, it's over. It's a win. And Kansas City had the chance last yep. night. That's why I think everyone's gonna go. All right, here we go, Kev. Five seconds this on the play clock. 
Here's the snap. Foles backs. He looks oh, out of bounds. One second left. Wow, not the last play. But like Foles, he, he floated in like the air long Foles, enough. You think but, it would but, be? But here's my thing, though. You know what? Tell I mean? me. I, like you're you're throwing a jump ball to friggin' Riley Cooper. That was Zach Ertz. Who, who cares? <laughs> you're throwing oh, a jump ball in general. We don't have Foles, Calvin Johnson I mean, there. But Foles like gives you no chance. I don't. I don't know that. Something something's gonna something's give a here. Foot. Something is a foot. My heart's beating really fast, and like the fans are just laughing at us right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Stop calling timeouts. Just get this freaking game over so we can get on with the show. All right. All right. Anyway, back to the World I'm Series. I'm shutting it off. I'm shutting TV off. Shut up. All right, back to the World Still Series. Still on. Bumgarner, they went, Giants went tonight, series over. Series I over? I think so. Okay. I, th- I think it ended in six. I think Bumgarner's going to take a little bit of their heart tonight, and the game's and the series over in six. So, well, Mark Sanchez just is – I'm sorry that I can't. But Mark Sanchez is, like, standing there with his helmet on. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I think Bumgarner what goes out. Mystery guest calling or what, what's going on? No, I'm, we're calling him, so it's going to be tricky because it's just you and I here. So, what time are we call him? Can we call him now? No, we have to wait for this game to go over, so it's not embarrassing when we start yelling or screaming on air. Most likely yelling, or you just sitting there going, "I told you so." <laughs> I guarantee those are the words that come out of Mike's mouth as soon as this game's over. Yeah, uh, I, told I, you. I, I, told I, you. I don't say that. Yeah, told you. Eagles. Uh, how many times have we seen this, Kevin? Eagles had plenty of chance to win. You know, you know, you know what? Here's the funny thing: if they score a touch, all right, Foles is back. Oh Jesus, Jesus. he's backpedaling. He's really back. It's what? Oh shit! No, I don't think that. Good fucking. Sorry, good camera job there, cameraman. What happened? What? Good. Like you have no idea what what you see. All you see is like him running out of the end zone. You don't see the referee saying incomplete or complete. That was the worst camera. Good kudos, Fox, for ruining my Sunday. Wait, but this looks like a kick. Can we challenge it? No, he's, he's out. out. Yeah, he was out. Yep. Again, Foles, Foles backpedaled 30 yards and tired of prayer. Both of Foles' interceptions tonight were off the back foot. Yeah. Like, I'm just so tired of him throwing the ball off the back foot. Yeah. All right, so this one's, this one's in the bag. Yeah, frustrating, frustrating game, uh, to say the least. Now, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to set this up because we have to call this guest, but I don't – should we just call him on the uh, – should I call him on the air? Should I just, like, call him on the air? No, mate, you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, because I'm well, like – How else are we going to – I was going to put him in the screening room. Should we send him a smoke signal? Because I was going to put him in the screening room and, like, make it sound professional, but, like, we've already gone beyond yeah, <laughs> any yeah, limits of professionalism yeah, I, I tonight. Wrong. I have my questions all lined up for this guy, too. Yeah, sure you do. All right. I'm going to call him from the from the main line. Main line. Uh, here we go. We're not going to place him in the holding tank. Let's no, see how this he's works. He's a Jersey guy. All right. So let me let me preface it by, because when he answers the phone, Mike's going to know who it is. How would I know? Because you'll hear. So this is, uh, you know, Mike's Mike's a big fan. We have a, a very special guest. I hope I'm a big fan. We have, we have a very special guest tonight. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. It's dialing, but I, here we go. So our special guest we will be talking to momentarily. He knows, does he know we're calling? Yeah, he knows. I hope we don't get his answering machine. <laughs> like, Hello? Hi, uh, Chris Hello? Wheeler. Chris, hi, this, this, is, is, Kevin o- this is Kevin Owens, uh, Paul Owens' grandson. You're uh, joining us on the show tonight. Kevin, how are you? Nice talking to you. <laughs> Chris, it's great talking to you. Now, my, my, my co-host, my Mike... 
my co-host Mike is is beyond excited right now. I, he didn't know we <laughs> called you. He, he's just staring at me in disbelief. As soon as That's as soon funny. as you, you you called, he is he is the uh, well, we're we're both. Kevin, I didn't love you. Kevin, 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 be sure and tell him. Be sure and tell him that your grandfather wouldn't be that excited. <laughs> <laughs> One of my Man. all-time favorite people, <laughs> Chris Wheeler. Chris, how you doing? This is Mike. I'm uh, okay. and excited to talk to you. Um, you know, Kevin and I have been huge Philly. Chris, I've defended you so many times. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. That always, that always makes me laugh when I hear somebody has to defend <laughs> me, and I always think, "What the hell are they defending me about?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, just just listen and learn something. And that's and that's the thing. I always thought that you. I always thought that you, you you always um you always you always gave the great insight and like um you know if a little thing like if a guy get, if a guy gets hurt and the you know the umpire or the ump will kind of walk out and clean the plate you know you would explain to the fans why he's doing that and a lot of people well, don't understand that but I kind of appreciated the you know the little insight stuff like that. Well. Well, Mike, you always have you always have your group of people that are watching the game with their friends and say that they know everything. And then when somebody, I knew that he didn't have to tell me that. Why? Or, <laughs> or I heard him say that before. Yeah. Well, maybe there's another part of the audience that didn't hear that before. So, you know, after a while, uh, I got I got you know the first few years it bothered me, but the you know the last fifteen or twenty I could care less. No, 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 Chris, you're out. I mean, you're obviously still a fan. You know, you're still you know around stuff like that. Like, what 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 has to happen in your opinion um, with the Phillies going forward in the next couple of years? Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, at the end of the last week, I, I read. I was away this weekend, but I. I uh, I saw that Ruben and um, and Pat Gillick made some comments, of, and it sounded like maybe they're changing uh, direction publicly a little bit, where they're thinking about okay, there's yep. no quick fix involved here, obviously, and and that's true. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And <clears throat> excuse me, for me to tell you that there's one, two, three things you could do. Obviously, you know, you guys are fans, you're baseball guys. Uh, uh, you know, Kevin comes from <laughs> Kevin comes from a family, <laughs> one of the best baseball men in the world, who. That, that's one of the points yeah, you make brother. about you have to, de- yeah, yeah, you have to defend, yeah, you have to defend me, but, and I and I learned baseball from guys like Paul Owen, so you know I always <laughs> laugh about those people that second guess me and talk about me and stuff. But there's so many things that uh, they, they look. Everything that was done by the Phillies was was done with a heart in the right place, and it was to mm-hmm. try and win another World Series. And obviously it hasn't worked, and now you're kind of paying the price for that. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of things they have to do. But, you know, you look at what happened this year, and you've got two teams in the World Series right now that didn't win 90 games. So it's mm-hmm. a different game than it used to be with all these levels of playoffs. It's the old basketball thing. You use your analogy for you, Kevin. You know, mm-hmm. They say every year, get in a tournament, and you never know what happens. Well, that's kind of exactly. what it is in baseball now. And now, Chris, kind of going off that basketball reference, I know a lot of the NBA, a lot of guys start going into the analytics, and uh, that becomes almost it takes over teams, and, and that's, that, bec- that fuels because you've got a team like the San Antonio Spurs who continuously win, and you get the money ball now with, uh, with, with baseball. Uh, you look at a team like the Phillies, I mean, they, they kind of went out and did the Yankees approach. They try to get those big-name players and, and – and, it's it's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but at the same time, you can't. I I still look at it as you can't fault what they did with the, what they were trying, and they had the pieces there, and just things didn't work out, especially in that two thousand nine two thousand ten 
uh, it was it was there for the taking. It just didn't work out, and now you're seeing the after effects, and that's yeah. I think the frustrating thing. Yeah, we caught some hot teams. That was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Giants came in really hot in the playoffs that year, and the Cardinals came in smoking hot, and we helped them get into it by beating the Braves at the end. So you know, it's no excuse, but you lose in a seven game series, and then you lose in a five game series, one to nothing in the fifth game, and of course. The spiral began that night by by the uh, by losing that series and Ryan Howard going down in a heap with that Achilles and he's never been the same guy since mm-hmm. then. So, yeah, it, it's it really all changed after 2011. And, and as I said, everybody's heart was in the right place. Were there some mistakes made? Yeah, did they try to make some moves with some players since? Uh, sure, you know you're watching Hunter Pence play all the time, but people mm-hmm. forget that Hunter Pence was. Not that great a player when he was with the Phillies, mm-hmm. and right. it was mm-hmm. a matter of. But 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 the problem was we never replaced Pence and Victorino. If you replaced Pence and Victorino with major league players that produced, I think that could have taken some of the sting out of the whole thing. But that was not done. Yeah, Chris. Now with the <laughs> Phillies, with with three of their players pretty much taking up about seventy five million dollars of their payroll, do you think if they do <laughs> kind of? You know, I mean, right there, I mean, that that might be a little recipe for disaster. But you see guys like Robinson Cano <laughs> making, uh, making you know, millions. They signed Robinson Cano to what, a ten million or a ten year deal, two hundred whatever he's got, and Pujols and A Rod and these guys, and even Ryan Howard. To me, I don't know if that's the kind of economical anymore. Uh, when you look at the Royals, I mean, before the World Series, before the playoffs started this year, I couldn't name four guys on the Royals. I, I mean, do you think if they do go a different direction, do you think they kind of will kind of model themselves after maybe a Pittsburgh or the Royals or someone like that? Well, I think, see, we're kind of in a in an in-between spot because economically mm-hmm. we're in better shape than those two franchises for, mm-hmm. because right. we have such a great ballpark and such a great fan base, and we have a much better TV deal coming uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. economically, we you know, we have more advantages. But I don't think that you're going to see our club get involved in these long-term, multi-year contracts with so many guys. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, in our sport, we're not the NFL where, you know, you right. hear a guy got six million, you know, sixty million dollars. You have to say, well, what was the signing bonus? Because they want right. to get rid of them, they get rid of them anytime they want. We mm-hmm. can't do that. So once you get locked into this stuff, and and I and I know uh, your your grandfather. I mean, we're talking about Paul, <laughs> the great Paul Owens, the Pope, and my one of my all time guy. I get choked up just thinking and talking about it because I love him so much. But we all did. They got a chance to know him and work with him, but. Uh, you know, he, one of his theories, he didn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff. He, he just, uh, you know, he tried to outsmart the other general manager, but he was a huge believer in player development. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I know the Phillies still are, but I think we got caught up in the whole free agent thing. We look, the nucleus of the club that made everybody so happy was was developed by the Phillies. Yep. This the way Pope and Dallas and those kind of guys would have wanted to do it. But mm-hmm. kind of got away from it a little bit because we kept losing our draft picks because we were signing all these free agents, and and it got away from them a little bit. And the stuff that they were picking down uh, in in the lower rounds, they were these uh, high ceiling quote potential guys, whatever that meant, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. We didn't get a high ceiling out of these guys. So as a result, you're kind of caught right now without players to replace players out of your farm system. Chris, one of the things I really loved about listening to you for so many years is your your knowledge of former players and things like that. Other than other than Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton, who is the best Philly you've seen? Well, I'm going to tell you the most influential Philly, and that would be mm-hmm. Pete Rose. 
and 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 everybody knows how what wonderful well you guys are young but wonderful teams we had in the 70s but we couldn't get over the hump and um Mm -hmm. and that was going out with money Uh, at the time it was money that had to be had (laughs) bill giles went out and pulled all kinds of strings and helped ruley carpenter get that done by getting money Mm -hmm. from our tv partners and things like that you laugh at how much it costs now it's nothing you know, it's a backup shortstop or something now. But at the time, it was a huge amount of money for a team that was playing where we were playing and didn't control our revenues and all the kind of things that were going on. And there were old-time ownership with the Carpenters. So when Rose came over, he took he took that clubhouse. First year, everybody got hurt, so we couldn't mm-hmm. win in 79. And plus, we ran into the We Are Family Pirates. But mm-hmm. he, he went up to Mike Schmidt and told him he was the best player in the National League. And Schmidt, he looked at him like, what? You just left Bench, Perez, Morgan? I'm the best player in the in the National League? Come on. But he made him believe in himself. And I think Pete Rose, I, well, I know Pete Rose was a miss, missing piece of the puzzle for us to win everything in 1980. So the guy, those two guys you mentioned, obviously, uh, Carlton mm-hmm. and Schmidt, tremendous players. Schmidt, the best third baseman in the history of the game, and lefty, you know, the mm-hmm. best left-handed pitcher or right there, if you want to go Warren Spahn, maybe. But uh, but to me, Pete Rose would be the other guy you have to put in that group. Yeah, see, I'm I'm a huge Rose fan. I mean, I was only three years old when he came out of the Phillies, but in the early '80s, when I really started getting into baseball, um, I always remember like it would be, uh, you know, the game would be at the vet, and there'd be a man on man on second, one out, and you know, eighth inning, ground out to Schmidt. He throw it over to Rose at first, and Rose would kind of run it into the pitcher and bounce the ball on the turf. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know. To me, like that's when I first started getting the baseball. And that's one of my earliest memories of Pete Rose always just bouncing the ball <laughs> up on, you know, on the AstroTurf, which was, uh, I don't know, kind of got me. Up. But I, I'm a well, huge Pete Rose guy. He he loved to play. He when Pete came in every night, it was it was fun just to be around him because it was game on. As soon as he showed up, and if he got one hit, he wanted two. If he got two hits, he wanted three. If he got three, he wanted four. It was never <laughs> over for him. And he the the, the guy uh, he went to work out freak like they all are now. But he never mm-hmm. got hurt, and he kept playing and getting hit after hit after hit. But it was the way he, the way he, um, the influence he had on the on the. Uh, we had veteran players at that time. We had Bauer, Schmidt, Lazinski, Bob Boone, mm-hmm. those right. kind of guys. You know, they're not kids anymore at that point. Mm-hmm. But the way he kind of made them believe how good they were, and and look, you guys are the same kind of guys I just left in Cincinnati. We, you guys should win this thing, and mm-hmm. I, I always believe that. Uh, now we can't we can't forget the current group with uh, with um, with Rollins, Utley, and Howard mm-hmm. too. Now because yeah. they're the three greatest players in our history at, at those positions. Right. And it'll be a long time till anybody becomes better than those guys. But when you were talking about the all time players, I got to throw Rose in there yeah. at the, mm-hmm. in the top three because uh, of what he did to win our first championship in the history of the organization. Yeah, you know it's funny too. Like I, I heard Pete Rose on a radio station getting interviewed, and you forget that he played a guy. He played against guys like Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson. Like he, I think, <laughs> what did he break in in like sixty sure. three? He broke in like sixty three. Right. And, exactly, uh, early sixties. Yeah, and it's amazing because they were asking him questions, and he remembers how many hits he got <laughs> off with different guys. He said oh, he yeah. always he said he always hit well off the Negro Brothers. He said he had so many. I think forget how many hits, but he had so many hits off of Phil. So many hits off of Joe, and he said if he said if Mrs. Negro had five kids, he would have six thousand hits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. He's funny too. I tell you, he one guy funny. that used to bug him. You guys remember a guy named Randy Jones who won a Cy Young with San Diego? No, but he was a, a, little... a uh, uh, he was a soft tossing left hander, 
Mm-hmm. And he pitched, he'd throw everything away, sinkers and changeups away. He didn't throw 80 or 82 or 80. He liked Moyer, but didn't <laughs> right. pitch inside. Um, he drove Pete so crazy that Pete finally turned around and hit left handed off him. He said, I, 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 you know, <laughs> oh, I can't hit him right-handed. right handed. Right. He figured I might as well That's hit left handed off him because at least the ball will be coming towards me or I'll make him throw a breaking ball because he doesn't have one and get him out of that. So uh, that that's the kind of guy he was. He, he, you'd be sitting on the bus after a game, and he'd get on the bus and sit down next to you and start asking asking you questions. Ask me what I thought about this, and I look at him and I'm thinking, "You're asking me. I want to ask you what happened." But that's the kind of guy he was. That he loved to sit and talk the game, and I always appreciated any time when he would just sit down with you and start talking because it was get like getting a PhD in your business. No, no, Chris. You were around for uh, the the 08 or the eighty World Series. You were also around for the '08 World Series. Now, in your mind, what what do you what do you look more promising on? I mean, what did you have a different different mindset of, on one to the other? Was it was it more exciting the the, the eighty or the '08? Uh, what what were your feelings in terms of uh, how you can compare these two? Well, Kevin, they were both a thrill, but but the '80 mm-hmm. one to me will always be the best for me because. The guys, they were my guys. We were all mm-hmm. we were around the same age. We yeah. went through all that failure together in the seventies. Uh, uh-huh. We went through all the change, the ownership change. Uh, uh, your your grandfather becoming the general manager and the architect of everything, and and then making the move to fire Danny Ozark and putting Dallas down there, who was the right man at the right mm-hmm. time, because he had had a lot of these guys in the minor leagues. So t- to me, that was the best. It was the first world championship in our history, mm-hmm. and those were my guys. They were, they, they, were, they were my friends. They weren't just ball players. They were my friends. Now, 2008 is totally different. I could be their grandfather, all those guys. <laughs> but it was a thrill. But it was a thrill because we won again. And mm-hmm. people don't understand how hard it is to win a championship in mm-hmm. any sport. It's really, really hard to win one. I mean, you look at the Eagles, how good they've been all these years. They have won since 60. Yeah, it's really, really tough to do. So that was a thrill, uh, and the parade—the parade blew away the uh, 1980 parade. I've never seen anything like that thing in 2008 with so many people. And of course, now everybody has your shirts and the colors of the team. They mm-hmm. didn't have that back then. They didn't have all that merchandising with the shirts <laughs> on the street the next day and all. So that that parade in in 2008, and I enjoyed that too because those young guys that I watched come up through the farm system, kind of like the 80 guys who came mm-hmm. through the system, and then we bring in a guy like Lidge and other, you know, go through all kinds of people that contributed to that team. But then you win, and then you win another World Series, uh, and and the rain delay game, with, you know, a 48 hour rain delay, and then you play three and a half of the most grueling innings in history. That was really fun too. Yeah, that 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 really was a blast. Um, that that parade. I mean, I, that parade. I, I yeah. got there. I got there at six in the morning, and uh, <laughs> I got there at six in the morning. And I actually got a pretty. You know, I was up up close against the guardrail by by ten o'clock. I mean, you couldn't move in that place. I mean, it was pretty. You know, I I was too. I I didn't go to the eighty parade. I was four years old. Mm-hmm. I was when the fires were winning. I wasn't even born. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Um, so to me, to me, like I wasn't going to miss that because I didn't know if I would ever see another one. Yeah. Well, the thing about it that was so different from 80, and we all, a lot of us noticed it. Well, first of all, not a lot of us noticed this because only a few of us were in both of them. But um, <laughs> there were breaks. As you went down Broad Street, there were breaks where you didn't see anybody. Not see anybody, but where it was thin. 
all the way down. And the kids were chasing us all the way down Broad Street. And every place you went, it was packed. Back in 80, if you you probably read about it, at the end of the parade, we went in the old JFK Municipal Stadium, and there probably were 80, 90, 100,000 people in there. Uh, this one, this of course, we went back to went back to Citizens Bank Park, and that place was full too. But it was just the most amazing day to see the number of people going as you went down Broad Street without any breaks. That it was mm-hmm. totally packed all the way down. So something I'll never forget. And and the other thing you never forget when you're in one of those, you're lucky enough to be like we were, to look on people's faces, and they keep mm-hmm. yelling up to you, thank you, thank you, and I'm looking at them <laughs> saying, thank you. You know, if it weren't for the fans, if it weren't for the way that the people support your this team in this town and the enthusiasm, all that stuff doesn't happen. But what it makes you realize is how important uh, the, the teams are to the fans in, in, in a city. Chris, one, one more thing. What was that 93 team like to be around? <laughs> well, I used to go out and I used to, I, I, I used to – I, I used to kid when I went out. And I said, "Well, you wouldn't want your daughter bringing any of them home." Your sister, you <laughs> except know? maybe, except maybe Eisenreich. Yeah, he'd bring him home. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah, Izzy, that's true. Yeah, but there weren't many of them. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, that was the ultimate lightning in a bottle year. It was, uh, it was a group that just really had a good time, and it was us against them mentality. Uh, they were, they, they just they'd stay in the clubhouse all night uh, after the game and talk baseball. They just loved to play. Jimmy uh, Fergosi was the perfect guy for them because mm-hmm. he knew how to be tough with them when he had to, and he knew when to leave them alone because a lot of them were veteran players. But he could draw the line as, as well as any manager I've ever around, especially for a team like that. So that was one of those perfect perfect storms. And we should have won mm-hmm. the World Series that year. You, you remember we had a 14-9 to lead in that one game and lost 15-14 to yeah. or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. that was the killer right there because then Schilling got us Chilling got us back to where we could go to Toronto, but then we lost in the Carter home run. But that '93 team was a team. It was it was kind of not built for longevity, <laughs> but it <laughs> sure was fun to watch for a year. Now, Chris, I know uh, Mike and I uh, will be sitting, and you know, even now we'll be sitting watching a, watching a game, and we'll we'll quote your quotes, like the things you say oh, yeah. over and oh, like yeah. th- those have become part of my life. I mean, yep. I say. I, there's there's certain things that I say, and I'm Mike and I will just talk and watch the game, and it's like we almost <laughs> become become like keep you going yeah. uh, in our minds because we'll say things and be like, I mean, our favorite Mike and I will text each other every time like it it starts getting a little crazy. It's like what a goofy game. That's like yeah. that's one of my oh, yeah, all time yeah. all time favorites. Yeah. Or late in the game, yeah, well, late I, in the game, yeah late, yeah, late in the game, you're up by two, uh, you're up two runs, and you got to go right to the no doubles defense. It was oh like, man, well that 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 thing right there to me is the most underrated part of mm-hmm. a baseball game that people, you know, and I and so well, what are you talking about that for? Well, you're just stupid if you don't want to hear about that because <laughs> right. you either there's things you do with right. the score, what park you're in, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're on the road, what inning mm-hmm. you're in, who the hitters are, and there's all kinds of strategy involved in that, and it's not an absolute one way or the other. A lot of it is is you take a shot at it and if it and the ball drops in front of somebody or it goes in the hole and, and all of a sudden there's a runner on that's oh, why'd you do that? Well, <laughs> hey, it you're just playing percentages and all. So to me I always felt and I would get criticized by some know it alls. Why do you yeah. bring that up all the time? Why do you bring that up? Well I bring it up, sir, because it's a huge part of the game at the end of the game. I mean, yeah, I mean, whether I mean, the you do it or and ninety nine percent don't understand that. You mm-hmm. know, that's what used to annoy me, you know. So whatever. 
And that's the that's the great thing is like the you know when I when I was in college, you know, I went through, you know, had some broadcasting classes and sports broadcasting and that's like the one thing they tell you, you know, your fans can't see the whole entire game. So it's not they're not showing a wide view of the park and you're trying to you have to describe every aspect of the game and I think that's what made you so special and that's what people you know you could have gotten criticism for it but that's what made you so beloved by you know the true fans is your details to the game which made it so much more enjoyable to watch and, and you learn something I mean listen people can people think like you said they think they know it all but at the same right. time, when you're watching these guys, you don't know it all, and you learn something new, and now you, you your baseball the IQ has has grown, and that's what I we really appreciated about you and uh, as well, a broadcaster. Well, I used to I used to tell people uh, I learn something every day, and I've been at it, you know X number of years at that. So I think, sir, I think you could learn something, but if you don't want to, it's like the kid in school who wants to say he knows everything and I want to listen. Yeah, you know? well, I'll tell you one thing about that. You made a great point there, Kevin, about the, whoever that teacher was you had, really good. Because mm-hmm. there's two mediums that we have. Radio, obviously you can't see anything, so mm-hmm. you have to paint that picture. And, and I did a lot of radio, and that's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Television, uh, we had a great director, when I, um, our second director that I work with, a guy named Ray Tipton, who still does a lot of it. This is before we had a, a producer and a director. He used to do both. But he used to tell me how much he appreciated I would say something to him. I would say something either on the telex to him downstairs or I would say it on the air, and that would prompt him then to take a shot of it. He says, because I can't see that. I don't know what's going on out on the mm-hmm. field. And if you don't bring up that they just shaded a guy to a certain way with the count the way that it is, I'm not going to do that. And as you know, a lot of the times I would say something and then that you would see a shot of it on television. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because you have a really good director following you as a broadcaster, and that's all part of the teamwork that we have on a telecast. Chris, do you think they're talking all, all these things about the speeding game up and not letting batters out of the box? Do you? I mean, the one beauty, uh, the one beautiful thing about baseball is there is no time, there is no clock. So, you know, my one my one buddy was going. I swear, my one buddy was going to a Phillies game a couple years ago, and he goes, he said, "Hey, um, the Phillies start. I'm going to. He's going to Sunday games. The Phillies starts at one. The Phillies start at one today. He's like, what time will they be over?'" I said, I don't know. Could be yeah. three, could be three thirty, could be five. I don't, I don't That's know. That's like, funny. It's over That's when it's funny. over. But what do you do? You think they need the speed to get? Well, because nowadays, like with young kids, everything the microwave society, everybody wants. Like I always, I tell a lot of people now, if baseball was invented today, I don't know if any kids would watch it or play it. It's a great point because it, you know, I, look, when I was a kid, uh, my generation was taking the world down down the down the tubes because we liked Elvis. And rock and roll, you know. So, it, and I think we survived that quite well. But there's always something. And and nowadays, kids, I I agree with you. They have the attention span of a field mouse. They just do. And and whether or not, you know, and I'm not criticizing that, and I'm not saying that parents have. But when we were a kid, and you went to the ball game, you sat in your seat, you got a hot dog, and you watched the game. Now we have to build ballparks with all these things they can do to not right. watch the game. Right. Mm-hmm. So now there. Now do you speak? I, well. There there's some things that maybe they can do, but nowadays the games are predicated on bullpens, and mm-hmm. every time you have a pitching change, it's two and a half minutes or three minutes or whatever <laughs> it is. Every commercial break, like on the World Series, is three, three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that involved in it. Could they do some things with guys not doing so much 
stepping in. And like I'm, uh, you know, you watch the World Series, and and obviously there's so much pressure involved that guys are stepping in and out, allowed adjusting things and all that. Could you make the pitcher throw a little bit quicker? I guess there's some things that could be done. But I love the game so much, I just don't want to mess mm-hmm. around with it that much. But, but you know what? I'm not a dinosaur either, and I I'm the first to to uh, to say that I wasn't sure about all the wild card stuff when it first started. Now it's one of the best things we ever did to the <laughs> game. So I think you mm-hmm. have to understand that you you know you have to the old take two and hit the right there. You you really have to to go along with the flow once in a while. It's like replay yeah, I mean, this year. It's not perfect, but it's mm-hmm. a good thing. Right. I mean, when's the last time they changed the rule in baseball? They they lowered the mound a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. well, not yeah. the rule. They just right. changed the measurement of a field. The field. Yeah. I mean, you know, they typically don't. And every other change. sport, every other sport, they're yep. changing yep. the rules every month. Yeah, hey, like, look, it, whoever put the, whoever did really invent the game and put those bases ninety feet, it's still amazing because you still get the guy out on a good play. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is yeah. that that it wasn't eighty nine or ninety one. You know, it's just <laughs> it's amazing yeah, that, that somebody came up with ninety feet and and. 60 feet, 6 inches, all that stuff. So it's still a great game. One of the things I think is great about it, it is, it is imperfect. And mm-hmm. we are imperfect people. Everybody's imperfect. Uh, so, you know, what are you going to do? Just and, and the people that, like, if you're not enjoying this World Series and you don't watch it and you want, uh-huh. you want to watch a football game because you've got eight guys on your fantasy team, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're missing something, in my opinion. But Hey, I'm a baseball I, fan. I always will be. I always say there's nothing better than October baseball. You're hanging on every pitch. When the mm-hmm. Phillies were oh. the, when the Phillies were in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I mean, my God, I mean, it was so exciting. I mean, you couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> the games are at three. You're setting the DVR. You're hanging on every <laughs> single pitch. There's nothing more exciting. Well, 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 what happens in postseason play is every base runner's a rally. Yeah, you know, you're like, right. it's true. It's, just, yeah. it, it, it's scary. As soon as a guy gets on, you start worrying. And no. you know you're playing a regular season game. Yeah, yeah oh, guy got on. So so they get a couple this inning. We'll get a couple. We lose the night. We'll play tomorrow. It's not like that in postseason, and especially in the short series. The five game series are brutal that way because there's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris, thank you. We just want to say thank you so much for both Mike, myself, and Mike. Uh, this is such an honor and a treat to to get you and talk to you on the on the air tonight, and you know have you share your baseball knowledge. I know Mike's uh, super excited because you're, you know, <laughs> you're a hero to the show. You're, you know, it's it's very it's very exciting for both of us to uh, be able to talk to you. So we really well, truly thank, appreciate thank, you taking thanks, time out of your evening. Thank, th- thank you very much, Kevin and Mike. And I, I laugh out loud now thinking of if your grandfather were listening to you calling me a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he would. But you know what? You know what? I know he was proud of me because he had a he had a piece of my action because he used to tell me. <laughs> He would, you know, there was something about Pope, boy, he'd get in your face. He, uh-huh. You learned, when you were around guys like Paul Owens and Dallas Green and Vuk and Bo and all, you learned how to be a man in this game, and you also <laughs> learned how to take criticism. So when mm-hmm. I got criticism from fans, I used to laugh about it because I was like, you don't know what it's like to you have Paul <laughs> Owens' finger in your chest. <laughs> oh, I've telling been there. About something, so. Yeah, you know what, Kevin, you know those bony fingers, boy, when they would come at you, you go, oh, no. He's, but you know the greatest thing about him, and there were so many great things, uh, as I said, I love him so much, where, well, he would forget about it too. He never held a grudge. Oh yeah. He he'd get it. I he'd get it off his chest, and that was the end of it. And we okay, guys, let's move on. And, and I like that about him. I really did. That's great. I'm, I appreciate you, right. the kind words about my grandfather, and I yeah. truly appreciate you coming on tonight. This is this is such an honor for both of us. Well, it's my pleasure. If I ever can help you out again, sometime you just give me a call. Let me know. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Okay. All right, Kevin, Mike. My pleasure talking to you guys. You take care now. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. The great, the great Chris Wheeler joining us. That was... I was sweating. Mike, Mike. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? When, you know funny? when he... When <laughs> Someone I, towel. We need a towel over here. When I first heard the voice, I couldn't... I couldn't put it... You know, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm not thinking, and, and again, he doesn't sound yeah. the exact same as he did on the TV and uh-huh. the radio, um, you know, when he's doing games on the radio. But obviously, once you know it's him, then you can hear everything. But yeah. you know what? Like, I used to defend him, and, and I hope it wasn't, I hope it wasn't um, offending him saying mm-hmm. to defend him. Yeah. But I'm sure he knew some guys criticized oh, yeah. him, you know, yeah. things like that. But he knew the game. And, and to me, I grew up with Harry Callis, uh-huh. Chris Wheeler, yep. Richie Ashburn, and Andy Musser. Same here. I grew up with them. Like, yeah. So that's all I knew. Like. All I knew was Harry Callis. All I knew was Chris Wheeler and Richie Ashburn. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how, like, guys, you don't like I, – I don't know. I don't know. And the guy was certainly knowledgeable about the game. Like he said, you have to explain, like, when a guy late in the game, yep. run on first, you're up by a run, you, the third bit, you're going to guard the lines. You, you are. Know? And, and some people don't know that. You know, you might be – like, if I'm watching a game with my wife, she, might not, she may not necessarily know yeah. that. So by him saying it, yeah, our, our – our, are eighty percent of the fans going to know it? Maybe twenty mm-hmm. percent don't. Well, you know, you have to let them. Like, you know, one of the things Joe Thiessen used to catch a lot of flack uh, when he was doing the football games. Like, he would talk down. This is a football. It has laces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, blah blah. But you know what? Like to me, you're calling the game to all different people. People who know the game, people who don't know the game, people who may just start watching the game. You don't know who's watching the game. Yeah. So you have to explain what's going on and and the no doubles defense is an, it was an important thing. You have to. Yeah, you just have to you have to you have to tell it like it is, and you know, that was, and he did. He did, and that was uh, that was that was awesome. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm so glad we were able to get him on. And you know, we'd love to have him back on. Uh, you know, as as the the major league season kind of starts up again in the spring. See, he's a guy like I could like. He's he, a guy you'd like to just have on the whole hour. Well, that's what I said. I was like, I, I felt bad because I was like, oh man, he's probably. But he. It seemed like he was just. He oh, was, he, he wanted was, to get, yeah. yeah, because that, I, I mean, I, I mean, there's so many things you want to. Add. You want to ask him about today's players, and yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to get in. Does he think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff? I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much. There's so many things. Baseball, unlike other, any other sport, I just feel like you can just. Talk, I, I don't know. I just feel like you can just continue to sleep. Yeah, you can just continue to talk baseball. Well, that's the that was the fun thing, and that, it was exciting, and that was that that was yeah. the one thing I was like, you know, I. I wanted to surprise you, but at the same time, I wanted you ha- to have some questions prepared. So I was like, eh, what do I do? But I'm, I think it worked out well. Yeah, well, with a guy it, like that, I mean, I can come up with some questions. Yeah, I you know, figured. Based, you know, if it now. Um, yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, well, we'll, we'll definitely have him back on uh, in the spring, and we can, you know, be yeah, prepared he, for him. He's he the was, type of guy you'd just like to have on for now and just start talking about different guys and... Um, you know, I'm sure he's got Pete Rose stories and mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt stories and stuff like that. And you know, and we didn't even really ask him about Harry. No, you know, what it was like at working with yeah. him. You know, um, you know, things like that. So, no, that, that was that was really cool. That was cool. That was. We're very thankful for uh, Chris joining us. So, uh, did I hope that cheered you up from your from your it, Eagles it, you know blues? What, you know what it actually did. Um, and look, getting back to the Eagles, they lose today. Now, five and two. Look, they're five and two. Were they and and. To me, are you? They have Houston next week. Were they going to win both of these games? Going cross country, come back? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Look, no one thinks they're going. No one thought they were going fifteen and one. No one thinks they're going fourteen and two. So you have to lose a couple games somewhere. You, you know, the, the, you're going against the Arizona Cardinals, who have one of the better defenses in the league right. too. So you have to. It's it's. 
Yep. That's that's the kicker is, you know, although the Cardinals offense it wasn't that good and it wasn't, you know, a twenty to uh what was it, twenty four twenty game is not with a with a long, you know, miracle bomb where you lose the game. It's it's frustrating, but at the same time you have to take something and I think you can take that with the Eagles losses the, the, so far. You can The thing that hurts a little bit now is you have to really start watching the Cowboys. I mean now that yeah. game has got you know, look, I know it's it's only half it's week eight, you're halfway through the season, but the Cowboys are six and one. They're gonna win Monday night. Give me seven and one. You know, let let's say let's say you go into that game with Dallas. They have one loss and the Eagles still have two. Mm-hmm. That game's huge. Yeah. That game then becomes huge, and it's in Dallas on Thanksgiving. That's it's gonna be a tough game. Yeah. And Dallas is good. I mean that that offensive line that you know they're you're, they remind you a little bit of those ninety teams. I mean, yeah, a little bit. Romo playing really well. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Murray, <laughs> the MVP of the league right now. Yeah, it's, and it's, Des Bryant's as talented as any receiver in the league. Yeah, Terrence Williams stepping yeah. up, filling that filling that role that was left. Uh, and you're not even, you haven't even about, about about Witten yet. I mean, no. you know, that offensive line is just unbelievable. Yeah, they're a good. They're a good team. They're scary. Uh, I well, the good thing is I had the talk today with my wife uh, about you know we I told you we spend Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving down with her family uh, in the evenings. So we'll usually get down there around, you know, 12, 1 o'clock. And uh, this year is going to be the first year where we're really going to have to plan around the Eagles game. And I told my wife, I was like, listen, we have to make it known that this is what this is this is what's this is the no, Eagles you let, you let Cowboys. Don, you, let, Eagles, Cowboys. You, let, you let Don know Don you say listen, listen Don. Don from listen, Fairfax listen, is going to be right there listen, with me. Listen Don, this is the you know the, the JV plays on Sunday, the JV wrestling <laughs> play on Sunday. This is a, this is the varsity game. We need to uh, sit back, relax. Yeah, uh, this year we we usually have dinner at my wife's parents' house. Um, but you know what? I think it's just going to be one of those mo. You're just eating in front of the TV. Yeah, I think that's what we said. I because told- it's hard. It's hard. No, I I think you're you're right. You have to, and what we talked about, you know, we're going to have to do the old, uh, the old halftime eating, plan it, Mm -hmm. plan it for halftime, eat, and then we'll kind of take the talk into the into the living room where we can watch the game because it's like that post post game talk where you're just done eating, and you're just kind of sitting there and just like, all right. We yeah, could take that into so, the. So, you, are you going to try to eat it like you're going to try to plan halftime out, or what do you? Yeah, gonna, I'm going to try to plan. A lot of people eat it. A lot of people eat Thanksgiving like three o'clock. I mean, yeah, I just, that's that's too early. That's too early. I'm going because then, then you're then you're almost hungry again by like. I, I say I say we plan it for five forty. Here's what I'm going to I'm going to say try to get everything prepared by five forty because that's going to be right around halftime. Now, no, you, no, it won't. What do you mean? It's games at four oh five, right? Four thirty. So you're thinking, oh, it's four thirty. So six. You okay, so now six o'clock. They're an hour okay. and a half. Yeah. So I would plan it for. I would plan it for. Six. Are they playing in the West Coast? Because I'll plan it for seven thirty then. My God. No, no, I would plan it for six. What's going and, uh, on out there? Something wrong with you? I, I'd say you plan. I, that's what I'd say. I'd say plan it for six. Okay. You know, might be a little bit early. Might be a little bit later. I'd say have it ready by about quarter of. Um, that's what I'm saying. Five forty-five. Yep. Then you you can have it ready. You but, can always keep things warm. Right. But then you go grab your stuff. Yeah. You get the old tray, whatever, put mm-hmm. it in front. Of you go and you go eat right at the table, right at the, uh, you know, if the game's still going on. I, I don't know. It's going to be tricky. See, I don't know if Marilyn from Fairfax would would <laughs> would hold so much. Uh, would be as positive about that. They have new carpets. They have a new couch. It's just it's a very nice, uh, nice, nice place. I don't want to wreck it with my gravy uh, spilling or cranberry sauce. 
which oh, I'm not yeah, a big fan I, I don't of. Like cranberry. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, like I, just, I, don't, I don't do the cranberry. No, I go stuffing. Um, my my favorite thing now at Thanksgiving is stuffing. I used to hate when I was young. I didn't like stuffing. I can. I will turkey stuffing and yeah. mashed potatoes, and then I just pour gravy yeah, over the just, whole oh, thing. Oh, just over everything. Yeah. Over everything. You know. You know what? You know what you should do. Just pour gravy on the plate before you start putting stuff on. <laughs> So it just starts soaking up, I, I and then like almost like a topper, yeah. like almost like a sundae that has hot fudge at the bottom, <laughs> right. and then you put everything on. I and see, you... I see, my mother-in-law makes the sausage stuffing. Oh, I, I, yeah, that's a home. Yeah, I mean that is a home run. Yeah, but sometimes there's too much. Like you can't, your plates aren't even. You know, like I don't know. No, it's funny because we're skipping over. You know, we we're we're already in Thanksgiving mode, and Halloween's right around the corner. I guess, but like, there's nothing. See, I think feel like Halloween becomes like a kids' co- holiday. Halloween's like a kid. I took my daughter to Boo in the Zoo today, mm-hmm. and it's like they're just just giving candy for kids. And I just, I don't know. It's just it gets old quickly. No, nobody. We we barely. Do you get kids in your neighborhood? For we do. We, get, we don't get very many. But the, the curfew's now like seven o'clock. Kev, I remember when I was young, the pillowcase. You'd be yeah, out. Yeah. You'd be out for three hours. You come home. You em- you empty the pillowcase on the and then floor. Go right back and out. go right back out. And and you change the mask for the person with the good candy. <laughs> I didn't even notice those feet from my whole way. Yeah, I, I'm not. I like the spookiness of Halloween. Like, I kind of like the whole ambiance. Like, you could go the entire time and not be scared of at all, and like, just, you don't no, don't believe in ghosts. Not, but for some reason, around Halloween, it's like suddenly. You're like, yeah. well, you hear something creak in your house in February. You're like, oh, Jesus, freaking squirrels in the attic. Yeah. But you hear it in, uh, in the week of Halloween, and like, you're oh, like, Jesus, oh, my knees. <laughs> my, my knees? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it does become a little scarier. Well, For some reason, the mindset changes. I took, I took Riley last night. I, I walked her up in the Haddonfield, which was around near my house, and there was a, uh, a haunted house there last night. Yeah? Like five bucks again, whatever. And it was, dude, it was scary, man. It was like a like a haunted mansion type of thing, and it was scary. I mean, they had people, and it was uh, people dressed up. You know, you turn the corner, even though even the little witch that opened the door, she like kind of warned me, said, "This is this is scary." So you know, you to kind of like let, because people were popping Riley, out, yeah. people were popping out behind doors, and like it was it was a little bit freaky. To warn Riley or you? So, no, they were saying to Riley, like it's it's, it's pretty scary. Hold your dad's hand. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say, Riley? <laughs> I think uh, yeah that. I, see, I like that whole thing. I like that scary. But then it's funny because like November first comes and you're like, "Can squirrel?" Like it just it suddenly it well, ends. I, November first comes and I think, "Oh, Saints Day." <laughs> you would, like the holy man in you. That's right. You go to church. Do you oblige holy days of obligation? I'm a C and E guy. What's that? Christmas and Easter. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like we used to go. It's no, it's weird. It's, like the it's Halloween week and. We're we're talking. Suddenly, the God came up in conversation. <laughs> suddenly, the, the, the lights vent, went off. Yeah, the vent stopped. Everything just got real quiet in our studio. All right, continue. No, I, yeah, I I used to go to church a lot. Um, you know, it's hard with three, with kids, young kids, and look. Now, just be careful because we have a huge Midwestern following. They're gonna be like, oh, this no, 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 freaking no, atheist. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. I, you know, I, I am fairly religious, but it's hard to bring a five month old to church. Yeah, I a three-year-old. It's hard. I mean, you know, they're not going to sit still. I mean, it's hard. Um, but we we do go on Christmas and Easter, Easter, which I guess is a little bit hypo- hypocritical. I guess I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, why do you go? Well, I'm I'm a didn't didn't you see 
you and Sarah. Yeah, for, so first off, let's not <laughs> let's stop right there. You're a, you might be a C guy. You're definitely not an E guy because oh, I was there oh. on Easter and saw your wife and daughter. Oh, I was and sick. You were, yeah, I was sick. Yeah, sick of what? I think I had racquetballitis. <laughs> that day. How do you how do you go play racquetball on Easter? I feel like the gyms are gyms even open on like the yeah. holidays. Yeah. Well, no, it, not on Christmas, not on Christmas, Easter, yeah. So Easter Easter falls behind. I'm trying to like, okay, where would you rank your holidays? Now, you're a Catholic man. Let's yeah, put yeah, that yeah, out yeah, there. You're yeah, a Catholic yeah, man. You know, yeah. we're, we're trying to, yeah. I know all denominations yeah. and stuff, but we're right now, we're talking, Mike. Where I would rank, no, where I would rank my holidays. Okay. I, I go, I go Thanksgiving first. Okay. Be over Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like going to the, the high school football game in the morning. Mm-hmm. Come home, dinner, everything you smell with the candles, blah, blah, blah. Easter, I mean, Christmas second. Christmas is a close. I mean, let, let's be honest. It's not like, I mean, Christmas is a close second. Just because I have young kids and seeing them on Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know what the problem, biggest problem with Christmas is, though, Kev, and, and you know now with kids, it's nice because now a lot of, everyone comes to you now. Yeah. But. When they get older? No. They come to you in the morning. But then, like, we go to my sister's house in the afternoon. Then uh-huh. we have to go somewhere else for dinner. We're going to, you're, you're not home. Like, it's almost like you just can't be home all day and relax. You're always running around. We have to get to this party. We have to get to someone's house. Uh-huh. In-laws, cousins. Um, it just seems like we're always on the move on Christmas. It's hard. Yeah, that's, that, that is a true. See, I feel the same way on Thanksgiving because we start. It's like my mom's for breakfast. Then we go mm-hmm. uh, down to her house. Uh, you know, for for dinner, and it becomes you know, it's a it's a different. Uh, you're, I feel like I'm traveling a lot. Christmas, I feel like I'm staying home now. Where do you go three? If you had to oh, give geez. a bronze medal, where you what do you, what's that bronze medal going? It's not I'm not a big Easter guy. It's evidently, um, three. I think St. Pius the Tenth would vouch for that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Three. I don't know what other holidays are. I mean, how, I mean, Easter's Fourth of July. Oh, for um. Uh, I said I'm not a big Halloween. Halloween. Not a big Halloween guy. St. Patrick's Day. No, 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 no. Um, the Phillies. Columbus. The, the Phillies parade was on Halloween when they won the. And you didn't care, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was I'll tell you what. The, the Phillies canceled Halloween. I mean, the, the, not technically, not like officially, yeah. but Halloween was canceled. I didn't get. It was like 2008, right? Mm-hmm. So. That was the first year I was in our our house. It was the first Halloween in our new yeah. house. We didn't get one kid trick or treating, and I was at the parade all morning. And then I came home by like three o'clock. I was home, and then the, we didn't get one kid. And when I think it was just like it was just buzz of Phillies was just too much. It's just like you know, it's yeah. just call it I'd call pro- it for the day. I'd probably go Fourth of July third. Fourth of July summer. Yeah, a lot of times we're maybe down the shore. Um, Let's see, I'm going. I, I I might go with you, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and. But I'm going I, Halloween. Yeah, I love the whole season though. That's what I'm saying because I but, like that. Break like, right now, like, and I'm going to contradict myself. But from Halloween to on. New Year's, yeah, I'm not a New Year's guy, by the way. I'm not a New, not Year's, a New Year's guy. Year's either. Amateur, amateur. It's hour. it's 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 like the hangover okay. of Christmas. Okay. Like, oh wait, I'm I have to get drunk right. to, like celebrate the New Year. Like, right. no, I'm no, all, I'm depressed but, right but, now. But I just love the whole season because because Halloween Halloween's here next week. Yeah. Well, this this upcoming week, and then before you know it, East. Uh, Thanksgiving, and then before you know, Christmas is here. So the the whole the whole season just boom, boom, boom. I, I don't know. It's just a great time. It is. Well, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Phone Pack, supplier of all great go products. We were just a phone call away, 
888-458-2928. Also, integrated play in Renee's show. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, contact Renee, 269-760-3857. And finally, Cross River Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. Cross River Realty is also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at crossriverrealty.com, 267-460-5737. Hit us up this week on Twitter at the match underscore up zone. Give us a follow, the Facebook, the match up zone, email the match zone at gmail.com or check out www.thematchupzone.com mike and i will be back with another guest next week we look forward to uh you guys joining us again until then I'm back door, baby. Bye, bye, bye.